did you get through security? Start from the bottom and you'll work your way up. Right. And that just takes way too long. It's a swag in a box. We should, uh, yeah, do, do something. something. Baby. Episode 29, a very exciting day for the Buckle Uppers and the Buckle Up universe as we have our very first guest. Ladies and gentlemen, we present to you Mr. Jeremy Parker. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. Good, to, good to have you here, Jeremy. <laughs> Tell the folks who this very special man is. Uh, Jeremy is a longtime listener. Um, <laughs> And a uh, a longtime friend. We we were trying to have him. He was like, oh, he's going to be the first guest. Absolutely. That was always the I think plan. you've been listening since 2021. I have from the very beginning. Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. Early days. Early days. Early, single digits of, uh, of uh, Buckle Up. Yeah. Jeremy, Jeremy is a friend. He is co-founder and CEO of Swag.com, um, a Custom Inc. company recently acquired yeah. by Custom Inc. Um, but as far as we are concerned on mm. Buckle Up, I think uh, why we want to talk to Jeremy is Jeremy is an entrepreneur in a way that entrepreneur being an entrepreneur is very fashionable to be right now. Um, Jeremy was doing that before it was fashionable. Mm. Sort of in a way, you're a musician. Right. Or like in a way, I like to call myself a writer. Like in a way, an artist. A <laughs> <laughs> way an artist sort of picks their medium. Jeremy right. is like is an, is sort of like an, an entrepreneur in his bones. Mm. That's that's so. Just like to give an example, we um, Jeremy started a company called mm-hmm. Vote for Art uh, right after I got to college, and I was I was basically interning for Jeremy. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to say I was working with him, but I was basically answering for him, uh, which, <laughs> I which was fine. Yeah. But I mean, I, I learned a ton. It was, it was, it was really, but, but we worked constantly. Mm-hmm. Like we were working like six days a week, right. a lot for, I wasn't getting paid at all. <laughs> we have had Jeremy on to finally, I was barely getting paid too, so that's all. we have finally found you on to confront Michael on this past beef. Tell him how you feel. With interest, there's a specific number yeah. I have in mind. No, but, but, um, no, we were working really hard for like two years, but like more than that, it was like, it was like our identity. We we're mm-hmm. like. Talk, constantly talking about it like pitching whatever mm-hmm. and then uh one day jeremy goes in to like get like the next round of funding mm-hmm. and he comes back he's like it's over they're not giving us the funding mm-hmm. before it's dead and i was like i was like heartbroken i was mm-hmm. like i was like i had no idea what i was gonna do next mm-hmm. i was very very bummed and like literally within 24 hours jeremy calls me up we were talking we used to talk about it before constantly on the phone mm-hmm. he calls me up and he's like hey mike i have a new idea like, what, what do you think of this idea mm-hmm. and i'm like i'm like dude like like take a beat Right. <laughs> like it's been less than a day. Yeah. And so you thought he was this businessman, but really he was just a whore. He's a, really he's the sociopathic. Uh, no, but, but it but, taught you a lesson. It taught me a lesson in that moment of like I don't think I'm an entrepreneur, and I think Jeremy is an entrepreneur. Uh, like the thing, like like you talk about with like yes. you do a project, it doesn't work out. Good, move on to the next There's thing. There's a phrase, right? Mm-hmm. Shit, next. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And win, I was win or learn. Right. They say win or learn. Ah. That's a positive mental attitude. Win or learn. You said something also your grandfather said once. Um, we should let Jeremy speak at some point. But we the, <laughs> the harder you work, the luckier you get. That's true. Which I like that also. Um, but anyway, that's, so that's, that's like, that's, that's, so we wanted to talk to Jeremy about sort of how he thinks about entrepreneurship. Um, but also like all the habits he's, mm. he's like, he's um, cultivated right. and, and all that. So on that note, Jeremy, we talk a lot about on this podcast, the process of ideas and converting those ideas into actions and into real things. Mm -hmm. Cause so many people now that entrepreneurship is all the rage have Mm -hmm. these ideas, Mm -hmm. 
I want to do this. I want to do that. And it's a very frustrating thing to exist in the I want to do place, mm-hmm. you know, where you're like, I want to, I have this idea for this. And you, you can spend years in that place. Mm-hmm. And we talk about what actually it, what it takes to go from something being a potential to something being real. Mm-hmm. So can you speak to that? And cause you've done it repeatedly with mm-hmm. many, many different ideas. They very rarely have stayed ideas in your head. Almost always. Mm-hmm. If you believe in something, you've at least put it through the ringer to try it in real life. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, that's a good question. I think earlier in my in my career, I didn't necessarily know the right ideas, mm-hmm. right? So you have an idea and you want it to come to life, and but you think you know the right idea when you're when you're a young entrepreneur and everything everything you do you think you have the right answer. And I remember I was doing this business vouch, mm-hmm. and spent pretty much a year building the platform. I was doing this with my brother and some other partners, and we spent. 12 months, a little bit over 12 months, developing the product, building it and building it. And I would lose sleep every single night of, is this the right idea? Is this perfect? And then I would say like, oh, it actually needs to be this thing. Or when they scroll it, the animation needs to be this way. And when we launched it, no one wanted to use the app. Mm-hmm. And what I realized at that moment what is was that- What was Vouch? If you don't mind me yeah, Vouch was like, we, we figured that Facebook, every aspect of Facebook, people took a, a piece of it and, and monetized it. Mm-hmm. So like Snapchat took the poke, Instagram took the, the images and, mm-hmm. and monetized it. Twitter took the status update. The idea for Vouch was what you really truly vouch for your favorite things, kind of like the like button. Mm-hmm. So we want to monetize the like button. This, which was, is, this was like 2013. This was like 2013. Yeah. And we started building this app about what you actually like, and which is, I think, an amazing idea and really monetizable if you can make it work. Mm-hmm. So Michael could follow you and see all the music you like. And really, you would vouch for your favorite songs, and Michael would be able to discover it. Or he'd follow me for movie recommendations or restaurants, and you could really follow people what they actually, truly love mm-hmm. and be able to discover. So the idea was there. It was a cool app. I used it. like um, I needed like yeah. a date place, and I was like, I went yeah. to Jeremy's like restaurants, and I yeah. found like a really cool restaurant. It was yeah. like it was digitizing word of mouth. Exactly a, right, and making it more than just a like. Because on Facebook, you press a button, you don't really you don't connect to the like. But if you're vouching for something, it lives on your profile. It's right. everything about you. So it's, you put some thought into put it. Put some thought into it because you're vouching for it. Exactly. Like, I, I understand you like this one photo. Would you say you would go there again? Yes. You don't get a lot of it. Exactly. It's very low resolution from a like. Exactly. So a vouch was a high resolution endorsement of something. Exactly. So the idea was there, and we had all these celebrity partners, and we had great. <laughs> what? You just said that well. Yeah. Like, said, me a look. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> yeah. So we had all these things working for us, yeah. and we were building the app. It took us 12 months, and I was mm-hmm. loose sleep over every detail, and I launched it, and I realized no one was using it. And all the things I made myself crazy about that I thought was impactful that was going to move the needle right. no one really cared about it. and all the things I didn't even think about those were the things that customers really wanted interesting so what do you what did you what did you get wrong looking back knowing what you know now in your successful experience yeah I thought I that? had all the answers and I didn't and I think this new experience with swag and I ta- I learned from it is that you might have a vision or an idea, but you don't necessarily know all the different, you don't, you don't know how to get from point A to B mm-hmm. to C to D. You have like the vision of where you want to go ultimately, but you don't know how exactly how to get there. Mm-hmm. Launch something mm-hmm. right away. It could take a week. It could take a day. It could be a month, but try to make it as fast as possible. Just get things out the door, mm-hmm. learn from customers and adapt it and keep pivoting. Like yeah. for swag, we started making sales from literally the first week that we started the business. Right. We did. You know, over 300,000 of sales without even having a website, just like just manual sales, because then I would learn from our customers what we should mm-hmm. build. And I would say, oh, this is really in- insightful. I didn't know that. Right. Like, for example, high level with swag. Yeah. What, what is swag? Just the quick. Yeah. Because yeah. swag is what is like the manifestation of like one of the, would you say it's the first 
not uh, not successful, but the one that yeah. really took off on the heels of everything you've done, it led to swag, and that's where you are now. A hundred percent. By by far the most successful thing I've ever done. Mm-hmm. I've had one company that sold previously, mm-hmm. which was a success. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is this is like Nachas' parents and Nachas yeah. for those who don't know yeah. his parents being like so yeah. yeah now he's like you know the, the, yeah. it's Jewish parents can say he's doing something yeah exactly <laughs> right so it was, it was swag was acquired by a bigger swag much, company yeah much and, bigger and company and now you're part of that swag is right? apparel it's graphics for for companies yeah so basically swag.com is really focused on the B two B market mm-hmm. so we help companies like Amazon Facebook Google Netflix etc do custom promotional products. So mm. branded T-shirts, notebooks, water bottles, umbrellas, pens, mugs, all the different stuff. We also allow these companies to buy swag, hold an inventory, and then easily distribute the swag to multiple different addresses. Mm. So if you're an HR manager, you want to onboard a new hire, easily send swag to people. Mm. If you're an office manager who wants to you know, keep the company culture thriving, send them swag individually. Or marketing teams engaging with your best customers, et cetera. That's what swag was to the very beginning, but we didn't know exactly who the right buyer was from day one. That was kind of, but I learned from this previous company, Vouch, and what went wrong, how to change it. Mm -hmm. So first year, we didn't know exactly how to build the right platform for everybody, Mm -hmm. but we knew that we wanted to learn and we knew that we had an idea of who the customer could be. Mm -hmm. So I initially thought the customer was the marketing team because the marketing team has the biggest budget. Right, you think of like a marketing team in the business, they have the biggest budget. You're trying to like figure out actual marketing, who yeah. to target, who the sales to, which yes. part of a business would this appeal to? Exactly. Who right. can I help you? Your audience. Exactly. Yeah. And we didn't know. We, we knew we wanted to sell to businesses, but who within the company? There's so many different divisions within the company that buy swag. But had the company been built, the product been built first? Nothing. Ah. Nothing was built. So you were starting with zero. Right. Well, you started with the, the swag.com domain, domain name. name. Uh-huh. So my idea from the very beginning was the idea. The idea. Uh-huh. The idea was this. I wanted to focus on the B2B buyer. That was number one. I wanted to focus on an industry that was incredibly fragmented, that mm-hmm. was kind of broken, yeah. that had a changing buyer. So the buyer 40 years, 10 years ago was like a 40-year-old office manager. Mm-hmm. The buyer today is a millennial. Right. So how do they purchase swag differently than they used to uh-huh. and maybe build the right platform for today's buyer? That how was did the, they I, do yeah. that? How do they make those It's choices? very manual. It's like yeah. It used to be like phone calls, back and forth emails, yeah. show up. You know, it's really manual. And now we want to transition it to complete automated. Mm-hmm. You find what you like, you upload your logo, you mock it up, you check out instantly. Mm-hmm. Can I take that back one second? Yep. Like. You said you wanted to focus on B2B, yep. which is business to business, yep. which was completely different than the way you were talking about with your previous company. Yep. Like previously, from from talking to you, you want to build the next Instagram. Yep. Like some huge unicorn yep. billion dollar company. Yep. And then and then you transition to like, I just want a company that makes a little bit of money. Yep. Like how did that how did that happen? Well, we came off of three years of building this complete consumer social networking app that didn't work out. Mm-hmm. And it was so hard. It's like the hardest thing in the world to build a social networking app. Right. And, I, and I wanted the next business, whether it had scalability, that was, sec, that, was, that was not the biggest concern. The biggest concern was, can I actually make money and provide for myself? Right. It's 30 years old, single, living in New York, no money coming in. How do I even pay a normal salary to be like a normal functioning person? Right. That was it. It wasn't about like, now the company has 85 employees and you know we're doing millions of sales a year it was that wasn't the goal initially mm-hmm. the goal initially was can i pay myself a salary mm-hmm. so i wanted to figure out like can i go to facebook and make a sale and then take a percentage of that margin and just pay myself right but while we were doing these early days of conversations we learned a lot we learned that there wasn't anything like what we were trying to do mm-hmm. we learned that the buyer that we should be going after no one was going after it so mm-hmm. we initially thought like the whole industry thought marketing teams they have the mm-hmm. biggest budget right. let's sell to them but really it should be the office manager 
And that's what we noticed because the office manager, much smaller budget, mm -hmm. no one's going for, to them, but they're the Trojan horse, mm -hmm. right? If an office manager buys 50 t-shirts for their company, they give that t-shirt to every other employee in the company. That means the marketing team says a swag.com t-shirt. They like Everyone is discovering us through the office manager. Right. So it went from very macro in your previous endeavors mm -hmm. to the, these grand yeah. visions to very specific micro strategizing. Yes. yes. But using all the skills that you had acquired in the previous endeavors yes. to say, okay, now let's get smart here and yes. focus. Exactly right. It's so funny because the light bulbs are going off in my head because it's so similar to the uh, our artist community and creative endeavors where you know in the early days you just you want to put out all your stuff and mm -hmm. you have this grand vision of success and I can speak as a musician you know you you put out a record and you want it and you put all these years and sweat mm -hmm. and tears into a record and nobody listens mm -hmm. to it and you're like oh, it's similar to what mm -hmm. happened with Vouch where you put in all these things and and nobody listens and you're like what happened what what mm -hmm. and you're not thinking like an entrepreneur, like a businessman, like a like someone who's developing product. All those things sound yucky to you mm -hmm. when you're an artist. But mm -hmm. when you start to get smart about it, you're like, okay, where is music being found? Mm -hmm. Where is it being heard? And that took me and my band to the licensing community mm -hmm. where they were licensing music for film and TV. Mm -hmm. So we said, let's write songs and target these areas where our songs can actually live and sustain us mm -hmm. and make us a living. It's a very, it's such, there's mm -hmm. such a strong parallel there about using all the skills you learn creatively and artistically, like you did at mm -hmm. Vouch, and applying it with a strategic business mind mm -hmm. to say, okay, how can we turn our art into business mm -hmm. and and sustain ourselves doing it? And, and you're still creative. You're still super yeah, creative. Yeah. You're just doing it a little bit better or maybe focusing on the right things to right. be creative about. Right, right. That's yeah, something you did early on, I remember, was um, you gave a discount. If, 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 if the company let you print swag.com mm -hmm. on the label, yep. On the shirt, yep. you would give them a discount because you had learned. Like, wh where did that come from? That was like a big thing. Yeah, right? early on, we had no customers, right? Mm -hmm. So our idea was we have to be logo hunters. That's, that was our initial, like, it kind of made it a game and fun. Let's get the biggest brand names that we could get to be a customer. Sounds like a National Geographic show. Logo. <laughs> Two graphic designers on an island alone looking for the perfect logo. Tattooed on their naked backs. Logo hunters. Keep going. Yeah, exactly. So our idea was what if we get Facebook as a customer? Because then we could put Facebook on a website that said, still said coming soon. We didn't have a website. Mm -hmm. But we could show like a blue chip row of logos of people who have worked with us. Uh -huh. Yeah, how do you do that? So, so That's a big one. Like, okay, let's. Yeah. So, Mark? <laughs> yes. No, but but it also comes from an understanding of like, no one's going to use us unless people already it's use us. It's all social us. proof. Yeah, the chicken or egg problem. Right. It's, the, it's a social proof. And everyone in business always like, oh, you'll ultimately get there. Start mm -hmm. from the bottom and you'll work your way up. Right. And that just takes way too long. Right. So we are feeling was like, what if you could start from the top and work your way down? And then, right? It's, just, it's a little bit better. Right. So sure. we got a deal with Facebook as our first customer. Now, we got into the company. We had a, we knew somebody who got us into the office, but we were chutzpah to the max. We took over an office in Facebook. You know, like, like, just imagine like a big, huge office. With guns? Yeah. <laughs> There's an empty office room. It's chutzpah. Yeah, chutzpah. Empty office room. Look, guys, it takes too long. It takes too long. Put the gun down, Jeremy. It takes too long. Yeah. I vouch for you. We need one logo and then we'll leave. I vouch, I vouch for you. Put the gun down. I vouch for you. That's an addition. I vouch for you. Okay, so you took over an office in what yeah. sense? We just showed up at, at a small room. In at, like Silicon Valley? Or? No, no, New York City. Okay. New York City office. Yeah. And we just put all of our swag on the table and people expected like, oh, you guys got approval. Like we were setting up our own like swag shop. Right. And people would walk by and people would stop. You would and, just, and, and, and you printed it with the Facebook logo. No, no, nothing with Facebook logo. Oh, okay. It was literally just blank goods. And people would walk by like, what are you guys doing here? 
and me and my co-founder Josh were like, yeah, we're just, you know, offering swag. We want to be helpful, How et cetera. How did you get through security? We had a connection, a friend. Oh, you had who, an in. Oh, they were allowed in the yeah, office. Yeah, allowed in the office. They Every, weren't allowed to set up. Exactly. Definitely not I'm allowed I'm picturing to set you up. on the glass outside. Dun, 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 no, dun, no, no. Okay, we, so you were allowed in. Allowed in. Tons of people go into the Facebook office and have lunch with friends right, and right. all these different things. So we were there. And we just kind of set up. And, and <clears> if <throat> I had to imagine, your co-founder was like, Jeremy, we cannot do this. <laughs> and you're like, we have to. <laughs> well, you have to. Yeah. You have to do you're it. You're basically saying, we're, we already belong here. You're just kind of living that. Yeah. And it wasn't like thing. a big, th- it wasn't like we like put a sign, swag.com room. We just put some stuff on the table and we yeah. took over like a small office. Just imagine like a WeWork. You just take over. Right. A right. And what was your pitch? People walk by. Well, hey. Oh, hey. Yeah. We're selling, we're selling swag. We have the highest quality. People would walk by. People like, oh, that's cool. Cool. One person came by and she's like, yeah, I actually need some t-shirts for like an internal event. I said, great. We gave her an amazing deal. Like literally like broke even mm-hmm. on it yeah. but we didn't care it was just yeah. about getting the facebook logo mm-hmm. so our first t-shirt order ever was facebook and then we went to WeWork. this i remember it's two days later josh <laughs> and i showed up at the WeWork office and there was a big thing called the WeWork summer camp coming up i don't mm-hmm. know if you remember it's like five thousand people all go to the summer camp and we're like we have to win this deal because right. every t-shirt we're going to print the swag.com logo and inner label everyone and- goes for the summer and sleeps with the ceo one <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, people give out these t-shirts, right. and it basically is a way to introduce... If only, if only that was their problem. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. But when they basically said to us, can you guys do this? Who else do you work with? We said Facebook. Mm-hmm. We, didn't, we didn't lie. Obviously, I don't like lying. Mm-hmm. But we said Facebook, but they didn't ask who Beyond else that. besides Facebook. Oh, yeah, okay. They just need that filter. They just need... Oh, Facebook. Oh, you work with Facebook? Great. We're probably okay for you guys. Yeah. So we did the t-shirt. We won the deal with WeWork. We did, I think we actually lost money. We mm. lost money on that order. But you gained value. Gained value. We had all my parents, <laughs> my, <laughs> my grandma, my aunts and uncles rolling t-shirts. Yeah, Josh um, and I rented a U-Haul, drove it down order four hours. Like, yeah, yeah. 5, 000, about oh 5,000 t-shirts. God. A lot of rolling of t-shirts. Because yeah. of course we could do it. Was that the weekend of my wedding? Yes, you, you, exactly. Like, you came to my wedding like so exhausted. Yeah, well, the weekend the wedding was the actual WeWork summer you camp. You enrolled your grandmother in a sweatshirt. Yeah, 100%. I I'm proud of you, darling. Oh, God. Yeah. Forced labor. Upon yeah, exactly. The and they wanted to do it. They were, they were, they were happy no, to do it. No, that's great. Um, but that one contract got us so many new customers because everyone's wearing the shirts and yeah. sees the quality and sees who made this swag.com. It becomes like wow. business cards, customers sending up business cards. Yeah. So we realized the power of if we could connect ourselves to the products that we're offering like printing the inner label yeah. it really allows us to expand so we were growing tremendously that first year printing the inner label is what so swag.com on the inner label of every t-shirt yeah. uh, like think about this like, yes we, yes what is this from oh it's american apparel i'll order from them exactly when you buy a pair of jeans like you probably bought this a couple years ago and it looks cooler the more you wear jeans but right. with swag it's inherently meant to be given away right so you buy it uh-huh. you give it away it also swag.com on the inner label all of our customers are marketing us right you're like planting these seeds yeah. around in business to business and yeah. you're and you're only and you're like handpicking the t-shirts right so you're, the you're best never products. giving away an uncomfortable no it has to be the best quality the stuff best, yeah. everything on our site is like curated tested vetted right. the best quality and we've extended now we allow companies to this was like the tees with tats days coming to it's all coming all, all connecting all right. so it really was, does yeah. it all, it you all had a t-shirt company yes, yes. when you were in college and now, now yeah you, this was your second try doing a t-shirt company yeah. if you Okay, there's a couple things I really got to zone in on that's really fascinating yeah. and interesting, and I think a lot of people can learn from this. It's a couple things you seem to really understand or you got a, got a sensibility for, which was the social aspect of this. I don't mean in a digital social media space. I mean in like the person-to-person mm-hmm. psychology mm-hmm. that all you have to say to somebody is that you, need, you knew that you needed that Facebook mm-hmm. client mm-hmm. so that somebody could just feel comfortable. Yep. And it gave you a sense of credibility mm-hmm. and it, it gave immediate credibility so that somebody can filter out, okay, you guys aren't nobodies. Mm-hmm. There's something to it. They don't ask beyond that. Mm-hmm. 
and it's not like deceptive it's true but you knew you had, to be, it had to be real mm -hmm. and when you're working with somebody like you inherently understood that that's going to get you you know that first egg mm -hmm. and also the be being process oriented as opposed to goal oriented mm -hmm. you know when it came to vouch and these other things that didn't pan out to the maybe vision you had for mm -hmm. them initially they were seeds that were giving you these tools and like weapons you know your initial you initially we didn't discuss it but you had a t-shirt mm -hmm. tattoo fusion idea mm -hmm. company which eventually that got stored here in your mm -hmm. arsenal to be applied once swag came mm -hmm. about and same thing with vouch which you you really got to understand the ins and outs of what it means to build something to try to compete with the big boys mm -hmm. and even though it didn't compete with the big boys it got you to this place where you sort of built up that muscle mm -hmm. and then when it applied to swag it was all there so i think a lot of people look at certain endeavors like well i failed at that and i failed at that and i failed at that but they forget mm -hmm. that these are all systems in place that give you a skill stack mm -hmm. to be applied to eventually something that's the recipe for success are these building blocks. It's not this lottery. You, you perfectly said it. Every entrepreneur, everyone Thank you thinks, so much, everybody. That's up to <laughs> No, with everything. Like Swag.com, we've been in business for about seven years. People think that's so fast. Like yeah. you built this massive company in seven and a half. It's no. I've been building this stuff and failing at it and learning mm -hmm. and failing at it for 10 plus years before yes. that. And you, no one's, no one's overnight success. It's so rare. Yeah. There's like one in a million. And if they are, they're in trouble. Yeah, it's right not, it's because not, they're not. They have no weapons. Yep. It's all of a sudden like they've been placed at the front of the line, and they're like, and they they're not yep. ready for it. And by the way, when things go wrong, like when things went wrong in swag, yeah. this is COVID hit. Yeah. Just imagine COVID in a, in a swag industry type of world. Yeah. No events. No one's going to the office anymore. The whole reason to buy swag it's is social. nothing. It's, it's in nothing. <laughs> I'm getting calls from all my investors being like, we should, you know. Do something. How are we going to conserve money? These are normal. These are, <laughs> we should uh, yeah, do, do something. something. Yeah, no, seriously, it was very. Thank you, investor. Why? Yeah. We should do something. Yeah. Should I set up a Zoom call with a T-shirt? How about this? We do nothing. <laughs> no, but it was very, very, very scary. Yeah. And our sales legitimately fell off the face of the earth. It went from like yeah. eight hundred thousand one month to three hundred thousand next month. So what was that pivot? The pivot was crazy. It was like I, I, I had this arsenal of like. I got to start throwing everything against the wall to try to figure out what stuck. And right. what we realized that stuck was this distribution platform, the ability to allow people to buy something, we warehouse it, and then we could distribute individually different remote addresses. Mm -hmm. If no one's in the office, if company culture is being lost. Or you lost, could Zoom as a client. Well, you could do that too. You can definitely focus. <laughs> seriously, that's yeah. part of it. Focusing on the ones that are actually succeeding. The players, right. The players. But more than that, if everyone's disconnected, everyone's remote, no one's, no one's going to that trade show, how do you build like the next gen swag company that could you know live and survive in this in this space right we went from dropping down and almost falling off the face of the earth to doubling our previous year sales yeah okay i'm gonna i'm gonna rewrite history though i'm sure you've told that story so many yep. times on, okay. on to so many people during interviews but i think the real way the story went is this okay tell me before covid yep. you called me up and you said i have this idea yep it's called Swag Closet. Yes. And I think it's really good. Yes. And so you started developing this this sort of offsite distribution center yes. before COVID That's started. True. Yes. And 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 you follow that intuition and you built the product and then COVID hit and you already no one no one really needed it yet. Yep. Then COVID hit, all of a sudden everyone needed it. And as the competition fell away, so Weber has insider info. <laughs> that is that is 100% you rose true. Up. So you came out of the swag closet. Tell us. Yes, but, the, but here's the here's the, the thing. No, but but I have a question about yeah. it, which is which is like, the, it's it's that process of you're working on something. Mm -hmm that no one quite understands yet and you can't even quite articulate why you think it's so important yep. and and sometimes th and, and then the timing works out but mm -hmm. like how do you keep 
how do you keep motivated on working on those things before the timing okay. is there? It's yeah. a great question. And is it the, your adaptability that you've built up over the years? It's part of that. Yeah. But I, this specific thing, we were in Chicago. I was, I was in a, a tech program called Techstars in Chicago. Mm. It's like a three-month incubator. Mm. Part of Techstars is they connect you to other local leaders in the area, mm. and you could kind of brainstorm ideas. So one of these meetings is a company called Jelly Vision. They're a Chicago-based company, 200-plus employees at the time. They're probably a lot bigger now. And the is CEO- girl porn? Okay, <laughs> so the, the company calls me up and they say, "Jeremy, what?" Jelly Vision, yeah. Jelly yeah. So the company calls me. Ooh, we're that was, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> the company calls me up and says, "Jeremy, you want to come see our office?" So I go to meet the CEO, and I walk into one of the rooms, yeah. and there's ten office managers or so on the floor boxing things up themselves. And I thought that seems like wildly inefficient. Like people right. are buying swag, boxing up themselves, writing handwritten note cards. Okay. So this is 2017. Yeah. Obviously way before the pandemic hit. And I thought, why can't we do that for them? Why do we have to ship everything to them, which is the historical normal way to do it, mm. and let them do it? They're why sending gift items to employees or clients. Employees or and clients. Yeah. And what they're doing is they're buying from different vendors and they're sourcing it and they're boxing it up mm. and writing the note cards. And it just seemed like wild. And I was talking to the office managers there and they're like, yeah, we've been doing this for four days. It just seemed like crazy. So like we're thinking, how do we make this whole process easier? If they're buying from us, why can't we consolidate? Why can't we kid it? Why can't we box it? Why can't we write handwritten note cards mm. for them and allow things to be easily distributed? Yeah. So we started to build this in 2018, mm. 2019. It's complicated. There's so many moving parts. You have to integrate you with need a storage facility. Storage I mean, facility. You're doing PLs and, and not sexy stuff. The, yes. the, the most boring, unsexy part. Right. And we were just deep in it. But we knew that if it was a big issue for this one company, it's probably a big issue for others. Now, we didn't know COVID was gay. We didn't know it was a necessity. But mm. we thought that maybe 10 to 20% they of They wouldn't clients, even be in the office eventually to do this. Right. But yeah. we figured that whether they send it to remote employees, maybe that's a big thing. But they're definitely going to be needing to send boxes to their best mm. Um, leads mm -hmm. and customers we always felt like account-based marketing we call it is sending mm -hmm. stuff to people in the mail to convert them yeah we didn't realize it would be for everything and mm -hmm. for office managers and hr and onboarding and sales teams closing leads and humanizing virtual events yeah and so we had this platform that was ready to go in 2020 january yeah COVID hits the timing is perfect now we didn't do a good job before because we weren't really planning on promoting it okay. to market it to educate the customer front that had and center this. front and center it, it would like, be a feature it was a feature it was a small thing in the footer but when we realized wow we need to change our whole thing we redesigned our homepage. we right. redesigned the landing page we resigned all of our marketing we stopped marketing this way and we started marketing a hundred percent distribution distribution and we were the only ones who frankly had this platform that could allow distributions mm -hmm. so in the whole market you know tank 20 30 40 percent mm -hmm. we grew 100 yeah. percent and it's because we were in the right we had the right product at the right time but we had the right product because we were listening to our customers two years ahead of everybody sure mm. so yeah interesting yeah we had a similar process with my band with uh, distant cousins when mm -hmm. we were doing we were doing these in-person songwriting workshops when we would go on tour we'd write a song with a local group at a mm -hmm. school or a synagogue or a community center or a nonprofit. Or uh, even in, I think we spoke about it yeah. once, coming into swag and doing mm -hmm. a thing where it's like a team building exercise mm -hmm. where we'd get together and write a song and record it like a, 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 an outline sketch of mm -hmm. it in, in, in a little over an hour. Mm -hmm. Take pe people through the songwriting process. Mm -hmm. and it was a great team building exercise. And we would also use it as a way to help fund our touring. When we would go somewhere, mm -hmm. we would be able to do a couple workshops. And then COVID hit and we took the whole thing and adapted it virtual. Mm -hmm. And at first it felt like a huge handicap mm -hmm. until we realized with Zoom, Everything. And I'm not one of these people that's like, oh, Zoom, everything's just as good. Yeah. No, I like being in person. But what Zoom can do for you mm -hmm. is it, it totally expanded. Mm -hmm. So we were working with groups 
in Israel and mm-hmm. New York and Chicago and DC and doing things mm-hmm. all over. Um, and we would do it all on Zoom and using the features of Zoom to help go into breakout rooms mm-hmm. and do these interesting things to be creative. And it exploded that business because nobody else was mm-hmm. prepared to do that. And there was nobody doing that. All these all these like human resources departments and uh, mar- and managers were like, we need something for our team. Mm-hmm. We, we're not together. And they were craving what mm-hmm. you're talking about, like humanizing ex- mm-hmm. the digital experience. Mm-hmm. So that's what we did. <laughs> um, but no, it's just, it's a fast, I think what we're talking about a lot is this adaptability mm-hmm. uh, muscle you've built over the years too, where something goes, it's like, okay, I'm just the navigator here mm-hmm. on this entrepreneurial ship. And now like, here's where we steer you because that's be. where the tide is. You can't say, no, I'm just going to push yep. through it. It's like, no, no, no. You got to go this way now yep. and make it work here. Not, and, and learn how to kill your babies. Like yes. this homepage. I love our homepage. Yes. No. You have to remove ego as an yeah. entrepreneur. I've realized like you can have all the ideas in the world. It could be the wrong ideas. So you have to mm-hmm. be open to things changing or learn from your customers or learn from a team member. Right. And it's like, who Not cares? Precious. Yeah, who cares about any idea? Ideas is such like a, it's really about the execution. Right. And it's so, it's, it's simple to say, but it's not simple to execute that. No. Yeah, something you're really good at. I remember the story you told me once where, um, you know, you bought swag.com because mm-hmm. you wanted to come up first on the results. Yep. Um, but that you bought the domain name swag.com. Um, but then you were like second. You were like second mm-hmm. if it was one ahead of you. Mm-hmm. And instead of getting pissed off about it or like losing hope, you figured out a way to get the first results mm-hmm. to publish your mm-hmm. blog posts. Mm-hmm. So then whenever someone went to the first results, they would pretty much be going to, to swag.com. Oh, he hacked a search and SEO kind of thing where yeah. you would show it, it, up it, it, as your own review? Yeah, no, no. no. So but, basically, but, but it wasn't, yeah, you told yeah, the story. Then so I basically, a there's, a, there's a, we were trying to figure out SEO. SEO is such a powerful tool, right? Search engine optimization. Like how you come across in the search results organically, not paying for right. it. So there's different kind of keywords that are very important for swag. One of the eight keywords was swag ideas. Mm-hmm. So someone's Googling swag ideas, they're most likely a company. They're most likely in the research phase. And we wanted to come up for that specific term. We came up, second or third for that term but the first one was another company and they had an article top 75 swag ideas or so and they were linking to themselves they were they were not necessarily a swag business they were a different industry an aggregator of an aggregator of different things and what we did is we got them to replace all the links on that blog post to swag.com how did you do that we gave them a little commission we we like kind of said like hey you get leads to us we're going to give you a percentage of our sales so now the first and second was ostensibly swag.com now because our SEO got better, we leap jumped them. Now we How are. How did you have two different links? What were they different sites or no, just no, different pages of your site? Well, we have five thousand products. So like oh, on oh. the page itself, it would say like, get this Sobu Sobu water bottle, and it will link to a swag.com landing page mm-hmm. for that. Get this Moleskine notebook, and it will link to. So we so we were always for the, a year. They were first, it was really us. Mm-hmm. We were second, and now our SEO has gotten better. Now mm-hmm. we're first, and they're like third or fourth. So the question point. I have is, is where do you think, or how do you uh, cultivate that habit of seeing a challenge as an opportunity, which mm-hmm. I think you're pretty good at? I mean, not, yeah. not getting sort of like upset and sad and disheartened, mm-hmm. but, but being like, how can I use this? Mm-hmm. How can I use yeah, this? Yeah, it's, it's a challenge. It's a challenging skill to get, and I think it happens over time. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was younger, there was... Must have been eight years old or so. I remember this so vividly. We're in um we're in Colorado at a hotel, mm-hmm. and my dad was talking to the guy at the front desk. And he was trying to get an upgrade, mm-hmm. and the guy said no, no, no. My dad looks at me. I remember this so vividly. He said, "You hear that guy say no? He really means yes. He just doesn't know yet." And my dad convinced the guy <laughs> to get him an upgrade. And I think as an entrepreneur, you have to think that mindset of like you're going to get hundreds of no's right. now. Doesn't mean you're gonna get hundreds of no's in the future. You, maybe you could learn something from that no, change what you're doing, pivot, make it a little bit better so that you're undeniable. Like early on, Amazon said no to us 
hundreds of times. I tried to sell to Amazon because Amazon was one of those companies I wanted. I wanted Facebook. And we were, I wanted street cred. And they said, no, 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 so many times. Mm-hmm. Now Amazon's one of our biggest customers and they buy tons of stuff from us. And we have 30 individuals at, at Amazon from different departments who are all buying from us and we're warehousing stuff from us. And they're doing giveaways where they're sending yeah. links to thousands of their employees to fill out t-shirt sizes and address. It's all getting powered by swag.com. Wow. And we didn't have the right solution for them back then. It wasn't because we weren't good. Mm-hmm. It was we weren't. We didn't have what they needed, and we took the criticism and we we took the nose mm-hmm. and we said, well, maybe we could keep going, but we'll improve it and we'll pivot mm-hmm. and we'll change it. And I think just having the mentality that like anything is really possible as long as you're open to changing and you're and you're going to be adaptable. How much of it was the chicken and egg thing, where once you had things going, then the same exact presentation to the same exact mm-hmm. entity was like, yeah, we'll take you now. It's possible. They're so risk averse. It's it's very it's very possible. Some of it's very obviously the nose can be informative, but sometimes mm-hmm. it's just like I'm not going to be that guy that mm-hmm. greenlights it this early mm-hmm. or that entity, it's and fair. then you come around to the sea, walk through the same hallway, and everyone's like, hey, yeah, hey, yeah. Hey. and that's a part of it. That's just a part of but the game. People get down. Everyone, creatives get down. Entrepreneurs get down. If you get nose or things don't happen, you right. write a screenplay, it doesn't pay off, right. or you write a song, it doesn't. Get, you get this negativity, and you feel like I'm not good enough, right? Maybe it's like maybe I'm not doing, right. and maybe it's just. No, I just didn't do it right. I got to do something a little bit different, and right. I got to win. And That's then you- such. It, yeah, it's there's a there's a real. It, it's a very unclear answer as to where to draw the line between, I, I am good enough, but I'm just going to adapt and yeah. use it this way, or no, I'm going to use this information and and or maybe they're the saying the same mm-hmm. thing because you do come across. Have you come across people mm-hmm. who are in your space and you're like, no, yep. this guy's yep doesn't have it. Yep, hundred percent. But if you told him that, he would say, oh, he said I didn't have it, and that I just used to have it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You come across artists, you come across creatives, you come across anybody doing something. Maybe, and maybe you as the ju- person judging is wrong, mm-hmm. but you also kind of aren't. Mm-hmm. You could be wrong. I guess you could be. You could be wrong. Not you come across right. people who like, don't have what you're talking about, this ability to adapt or whatever, but they yeah. think they do. Mm-hmm. And then they'll take your negative feedback mm-hmm. and keep using it to perpetuate something that is not going to work. Mm-hmm. So where am I getting that from? No, well, that's I a, think, it's just a, I don't yeah, have the answer. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I, I think if, if someone who is, uh, let's just say, I'm, I'll use myself as an example, as a writer and is listening to you talk, I think the natural inclination is to go, well, yeah, because Jeremy does business, but I do art. Mm-hmm. So like what, like what he's not trying to do something great. He's just trying to serve whatever people mm-hmm. want and make money off them. But, but, but I do think the longer you try to be a professional artist, mm-hmm. the more you, you start to realize, like, I have to, I have, the reason my things aren't working isn't because they're wrong it's because it's because it's not undeniable yet mm-hmm. and like and, and and you do need to find this middle ground of like you're not going to compromise on what you set out to do which is like in your case like we're selling swag mm-hmm. if our customers sell it say like they want dildos now we're not going to just sell them that just because mm-hmm. they want like we're going to sell swag like i'm going to write it well, they have a product launch coming up. Don't <laughs> give it away. like like we're, we're we're gonna like i'm gonna write a horror dildo december right it's coming up mm-hmm. dildo december 2022 <laughs> i'm gonna exciting. write a horror screenplay about this place in time mm-hmm. with these characters but like if we keep sending it out and it's not working i need to change the story up a mm-hmm. little bit like mm-hmm. you need to change the whatever you're doing up a little mm-hmm. bit to get the reaction you mm-hmm. want um but 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 i think what you're really good at is is not is not putting up that wall and going like well that doesn't apply to mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. like you're you're just very open to mm-hmm. um to winning so you're like what do i have to do to win yeah, what, like what do i have to do to get mm-hmm. this place well, to publish my song or publish my story and also removing the fear of failure cuz a lot of people don't even take the because they're terrified right. of what happens if i put myself out there and people don't like it sure. so many entrepreneurs i talk to all the time now reach out i get 
constant people on LinkedIn. Hey, Jeremy, I saw that you built this company. I would love to pick your brain. And if I help them and I talk to them, they're all so nervous about yeah. launching something and not working. And I think once you kind of flip off that switch of like, I don't care. It doesn't matter if you fail. It's you've a lot. You're way well, ahead. In a way, is, is that what it is? Sorry to cut you off. I just want to ask: is, is it is it? It doesn't matter if we fail, or it kind of does or, eventually. Or we can't fail because we're going to keep learning until we that's win. it. Yeah, exactly. There's no failure here. There's so many different features that we built that if we just stopped at the moment we launched it and didn't work out, it would never work out. We have this mm -hmm. swag in the box initiative. We started two years ago. That's the dildo. <laughs> <laughs> it's my swag in the box. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, it was taken from that. This oh, yeah, okay. is my flag in yeah. Oh, yeah, reach into the thing and yeah. pull out a mug. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So when we launched that, we got no sales the first two months, and we had a lot of our team members be like, it's never going to work. You know, yeah. people get very negative, negative, negative. It wasn't work. Mm -hmm. We launched six iterations of that same feature. Now we do over 33% of our sales. That's right. Swag in the Box initiative. Because we knew that the, 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 the idea made sense. We just didn't know how to get from point A to B yeah. to C. You kind of learn, yeah, learn it and change it. Sounds like the thread is, as an important point through all of this, winning is doing it. Mm -hmm. Not the result you get from doing mm -hmm. it, but just doing it is your first win. Because mm -hmm. like you said, so many people are afraid to try anything mm -hmm. out of fear of the ultimate mm -hmm. results not working out the way they expected or whatever their mm -hmm. vision is, not panning out to that result. Mm -hmm. But I heard somebody, I saw some TikToks, and I was like, look, People can criticize me all they want. At least I'm trying to do mm -hmm. it. At least I'm engaged in this mm -hmm. process and doing it. Whatever, which way it pans out, mm -hmm. I'm doing it. And in doing it, you're gaining something. Mm -hmm. Something. It's that mm -hmm. how to fail at everything and yeah. still win big. Mm -hmm. Every process you engage in gives you something, even if it doesn't give you what you initially expected. Mm -hmm. One thing that is, a, is an argument in favor of the person who you don't think has it, mm -hmm. but maybe they eventually will, is that the more you do something, you have to get better at it. By the That's way, just the repetition. I guarantee when I was speaking to people 12 years ago, I'm sure there was meetings like, that kid does not have it. Right. 100% because I didn't at that point. You right. learn, you get better. Right. I'm a completely different person than I was in high school. Like, right. I can imagine people in high school, yeah. if they heard that I'm running this company, we got acquired, they would be completely shocked. Right. I was the kid in the learning center. Like, yeah. there's no way they would have thought Jeremy Parker was able to do this and be the right. CEO of a company. Right. Right. But so, is it a question of, who can weather it the longest? Is it just a long game? But it's also a mindset. Like, you've also been adaptable. Yeah. So maybe maybe it's that the person who's still not succeeding after just as long a time as you, is it that he didn't, he or she is not having the right attitude, they're being too precious about things, they're staying in their corner. Mm -hmm. In other words, is it is it purely, like, deterministic? Like, Jeremy has it. It just took it. He got it. And that's a big question in the art. Like, this person has it or doesn't. At the same time, I saw a set of Louis C.K. Mm -hmm. from a very old days, and you watch the set, and you're like, is this guy going to one day be the biggest comedian in the world? Mm -hmm. You'd be like, no, he doesn't mm -hmm. have it. So that's an argument in favor. Mm -hmm. And I go back and forth on it all the time because that determinism can be very discouraging or encouraging. If you think you have it, it's very encouraging. I don't think it's a straight line, though. I think yeah. there's like certain things like... Like, I, I feel like I have something now, but mm -hmm. if, if I started doing vouch, if I kept doing these moonshot ideas, yeah. I might never have it. And they, everyone would look, Jeremy just didn't make it. Another pipe dream, Jeremy. Exactly. Right. I, think, I think I had to learn that maybe I'm not the guy to launch the next Facebook, but maybe I'm the guy to launch the next this company yeah. that was more manageable, that I could right. be creative and also make money and do it this way. Right. So I think a lot of it is getting better. Now, if I launched vouch 2.0, I'm sure I would have got further along with mm -hmm. it, but it still might not have 
right. reached, you know? Right. So but I think doing it itself is the win. Engaging with it is sort of that first victory. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Right. So, so uh, along that path, from the time you were in high school up mm-hmm. until you started a company mm-hmm. and sold it, um, can you talk a little bit about the experience of, um, of, of watching your other friends mm-hmm find success really quickly Mm -hmm. so like i think what's particularly interesting about you is you you didn't just go to like any high school you're not just from like any community Mm -hmm. you went to like a very good prep school Mm -hmm. on like the upper east side and like you're from a community that's like very successful Mm -hmm. so like your friends weren't just like sort of getting by and Mm -hmm. having fun like they were like running hedge funds they Mm -hmm. were like partners at law firms Mm -hmm. like retiring at 30 after Mm -hmm. like developing like real estate like Mm -hmm. they're like these insanely successful friends and you were starting business after business that Mm -hmm. wasn't taking off like Mm -hmm. before between those businesses like what what was it like to watch your friends find sort of like that not easy but Mm -hmm. like go along a more traditional path Mm-hmm. And find success really young. Yeah, and deal I, with that perception. Yeah, you know? I was I was happy for all my friends. You know, for me, I never, I never compared myself to anyone as an entrepreneur. It's easier said than done, but mm-hmm. I really, really didn't. I just felt like it wasn't my time. That's mm-hmm. why, that's why I really, I really felt that. And for my friends that came easy, I wished I had their ability to not be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneur is the. It's the hardest possible job you can think of. You're right. you're inventing the future. You're creating something completely out of nothing, mm-hmm. and you're you're de- you're you're in many ways destined to fail. Like it's you're not supposed to succeed. I look at it like the same way I do for any artist, yeah. entrepreneurs, and artists. Yeah. There's there's really no difference. It's just the product is yeah. different. But you're creating something from nothing and 100%. trying to create a demand for it. Hundred percent out of nothing, and you're not going into any sort of fixed hierarchical yeah. structure that's going to just give you a salary that's significant and mm-hmm. within three years there's a track there is no clear mm-hmm. path it's all disentangled and it's all tangled up in this mess and there's mm-hmm. no path you just have to you're going into the you're going into the jungle yeah. very similar so yeah so but can you speak to that like yeah. i'm sure you got you're sitting there you know i mean look saying you're a musician or a writer maybe gets in our community gets one sort of reaction mm-hmm. but saying you're an entrepreneur trying oh, to do yeah, things yeah. probably gets maybe not as like confused because everyone's, because it's still business. No, no, no. You get, <laughs> yeah, you get confused. You get people looking. You'd be like, "You're unemployed." You, hundred percent. Especially by the third, fourth company. You yeah, know? third, fourth company. 100%. I don't know. He did this thing. It's not around anymore. And there's people like rooting. Yeah. Before people are rooting for you to succeed, they're rooting. They're, there's almost a projection of this sense of. It makes other people feel good in their stable decisions when things don't work out 100%. for you. And then you and then you kill it, and then they're like so happy for you. Yeah. And it, it goes the complete opposite way. Overnight, yeah, everyone yeah. sees you. And, and and both responses are genuine. Yeah. They're not like faking it when they're happy for you, but they're just like, I don't know. But then they're like, no, he's really. Yeah. You know. So a hundred percent. I um. How's that been? It is. It is. A, it is a. Cha- it is a challenge, especially my, right before swag. I was thirty years old, and mm-hmm. in the modern Orthodox community we're from. Yeah. If you're single and you're thirty, it's like you're late. You're late to the party. And then now you're single and you're 30 and you're like unemployed. Mm-hmm. Right. Those things are like, oh my Lord. Fun employed. Fun. And I was never in my <laughs> mindset unemployed. It was like, it was just, I was yeah. pre-starting the next thing. But, but right. people looked at you. Yeah. Look at me, because I know you and yeah. I never thought of you of that way, but I know people looked at you like. Oh, like everyone you talks about it all the time. Know, like, all the time. <laughs> no, no, but yeah, like, yeah, how do you deal with that yeah. outside pressure of like, I, I know I'm not something yeah. that everyone else sees me as. Yeah, you know? I didn't care about it. I, if I'm being honest, care, yeah. I did yeah. not care less. Now, if I didn't become successful as 45, then maybe I would st- like, you can't yeah. predict the future. But I, I really just said I couldn't care less. I wanted people to be happy, you know, be successful, right. do your thing. I wish I had that in me to want to work at a company, show up at a law firm. Mm-hmm. That's that's easy. I wish you were you wish you were content with that. I wish I was content. And right. I tried to work at one company and I quit legitimately. Michael knows this. 
within three hours. I joined. <laughs> it's not even a joke. Poor, poor company. It's not even a joke. I was, I was. I'm not gonna say the name, but I was hired as head of business development for this this app right mm. after Vouch, my company Vouch failed. Mm. And I show up first day of work, and I'm meeting the whole team. And I call my dad. This is literally 30 minutes in. I rush to the bathroom. I call my dad. I'm like, Dad, I'm quitting. My dad's like, Give it a day. Give it one day. I'm like, I can't do it. Ugh. Hour later. I don't believe you. Your no is a yes to me. Remember, he doesn't know what that is. <laughs> I talked to the CEO. And I basically did a break. I'm like, It's not you, it's me. Literally, yeah. I had that conversation with the CEO. I'm like, I, I don't think you need me. I'm not the right guy for this role. Yeah. And I quit. And I remember, I remember that day, I'm walking. The streets of New York City, I'm like... It's a crystallizing experience, I'm like, though, what is, is wrong with me? I'm like, I cannot hold a job down for a day? A day? <laughs> what is wrong with me? <laughs> but I'm telling you, you feel like this internal like internal uh-huh. voice that's saying, get out of here. This is not what you're meant to do. And then I start swag. Like, It starts to scream when you're in that position. It's yeah. not just a whisper. Now it's like, yeah. stop! Yeah. yeah, get the freak out of yeah. this building. Yeah. yeah. And we, we joke about it, but now we're looking back. Like, I would have not have started swag if I didn't get out of that room that day. So Right, right. Yeah. No, so, so it sounds like you have a very wholesome, grounded view of the whole thing, which, I know, no, uh, as far as people's perception. No, yeah, but no, also, you didn't care. That's yeah. good. But um, in terms of how you observed people's reaction to you, mm-hmm. did you, just to, just to go back to this for a mm-hmm. second, like, what do you make of that oh, analytically no, 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 no. I, I about knew, your community? I knew. What does it speak to about our yeah. community, in your opinion? Because we talk yeah. about it a lot. Yeah. Like, we ask ourselves the question, and, it, and I think there are legitimate answers. Why is our community so not encouraging? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't so as far as say discouraging, but maybe even that mm-hmm. much. Why is it so narrow in terms mm-hmm. of what is expected of you? Like everybody in the prep school track is like, we want everyone to be well-rounded, mm-hmm. take music, take mm-hmm. this, take the arts and your liberal Become arts. Become a lawyer, But a don't get too serious about yeah. any of that other stuff if <laughs> yeah. you like it. Yeah. Like it a little. Yeah, yeah. Like it enough to be serious about it, yeah. take it seriously, then you better stop. Yeah. It better become a hobby. Because yeah. after that, all the, the entire boomer generation goes, uh, he wants to keep going. Oh, yeah. my God. I yeah. mean, I got him, you know, I pushed him to go into new thing. Yeah. And I wanted him to be well-rounded. But just as a student, yeah, yeah. as an adult, no. Yeah. It's time to get serious. Yeah. And I feel like boomers are being really like, the chickens are coming home to roost in terms of the way boomers were raised to impart certain mm-hmm. pressures on that generation. And now it's like, well, look what's available to so mm-hmm. many people in terms of, being able to broadcast themselves on YouTube and create mm-hmm. their own yeah. businesses creatively that didn't exist before. Mm-hmm. So in a way, they didn't come from that. Mm-hmm. Back in the day, for artists or any, you know, even entrepreneurs, you had to be greenlit by bigger, mm-hmm. bigger companies and networks to get anywhere. So it really was a much riskier endeavor. Mm-hmm. And who could have anticipated the technological boomer and now that has really emancipated mm-hmm. the creative. And now you have video game players, gamers who are making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year competing in gamer tournaments, Mm esports tournaments. When back at one time, parents were concerned this was a huge waste of time. Mm -hmm. And it turns out it wasn't. But, you know, that apparatus is there. That pressure is there that you better, you better stop it from becoming a hobby. Like what, what do you, what do you, yeah, I I had, I had super lucky because my parents were so chill. Mm -hmm. They they were like, do it. Mm -hmm. Even all the failures and all the kind of like, to like, this is you, Jeremy. This is your personality. We can't get in the way of your personality. Like, right. they knew. They just knew. My, even my dad said, stay there for more than a day. Mm-hmm. He wanted me to stay there. For, he didn't want me to be, like, I mean, I'm sure he's okay with I'm an entrepreneur now, but he, like, he wanted me to have some stability mm-hmm. because I was 30 years old mm-hmm. and I'm single. He wanted mm-hmm. some stability. But when I quit, he made a joke of it. He didn't, like, force me back there. Like, right. he was very chill and mellow. Right. But in terms of our friend circle mm. and girls and like yeah. there's definitely like a, a thing of like if you're not 
making tons of money as an eye banker or a mm-hmm. lawyer, even in conversations at lunch tables and Shabbos and like, you feel it. You right. do feel it. it's like, oh, okay. Like, it's just look, the cost of doing it. Yeah, it's like, it's like, uh, okay. <laughs> or like thinking that, like, 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 well, how's that going? How's that, like, is it good? Are you, like, are you making money? Like, I, people are How does that blunt. work? That's the question. Yeah. So how does that work? That means, how do you, yeah. how does that work? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, ex- and expecting it to be another thing where it doesn't work out. Right. Or expecting right. you to fail. And also, you looked at your dad when he was like, should I do this? And he went, no. <laughs> and you're like, your eight-year-old self was like, that no is a yes. yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he can never tell you no about anything. Exactly. Dad, should I do heroin? No. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> but no, that I guess part of it is the cost of doing this, but the, there is a legitimate, it comes from judgment and fear and all these mm-hmm. things, but also look, the modern Orthodox lifestyle is expensive. Not, it's expensive. It's not yeah. like, oh yeah, you live in some a smaller town that has lower this and lower yeah. that and no, like not next to some, you know, massive community mm-hmm. with private schools and mm-hmm. all these things. So like, it does make sense, and I think it's it built into the cake that that riskier endeavors mm-hmm. and creative endeavors that will that are a longer game towards mm-hmm. this success are discouraged. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it comes from, I don't know if it comes from just people from the social faux pas yeah. at all. It's I also think uncertainty. It's, probably rooted. it's uncertainty. Yeah. It's like if you're an artist, yeah. it could take you 10, 20 years to be successful. Yeah. No one wants that long of a time. Right. People want their kids and their family to be successful from day one. You right. want to see yes. the person getting a promotion, a raise. Yeah, so. I was so happy when um, when swag. Uh, sold not not so much because it's like it's like awesome and it gives you more options but more like i was like finally like jeremy got that win Mm -hmm. that now retroactively everyone who is giving him shit Mm -hmm. is like oh like Mm -hmm. he had the right idea Mm -hmm. like 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 he he was here and now he's leapfrogged like over Mm -hmm. here like now he's a ceo Mm -hmm. like like now i'm working towards ceo and now Mm -hmm. jeremy just leapfrogged me and it's Mm -hmm. like i'm like oh i hope like kids in high school and college see Mm -hmm. you and I'm like, all right, like I can wait till I'm 35. I can mm-hmm. work on something, and like, and like that's like that is now a plan for mm-hmm. a kid from your town. A hundred percent. Because Jeremy Parker did it. Because which I think is awesome. Boomers yeah. in the okay. end, like our parents' generation, mm-hmm. they don't really care what you're doing. They just they care about success mm-hmm. and, and and making a living, making money, mm-hmm. right? Like they could say, like you've ever heard your dad like talk about somebody's thing, having no idea what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, they pretend to kibitz about mm-hmm. things. No, I think he's doing something there with like the internet and T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. He's doing very well with it. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's like the, yeah. I mean, it's cups and yeah. I think it's you know it's, it's there's there's the t-shirt swag it's swag yeah swag <laughs> swag uh, the, the internet's the future yeah no no it's something with the internet I don't know but thank God he's doing very well with it but that happens yeah. in you could talk about that too being acquired by something that gives it not just street cred amongst business to business mm-hmm. but like community street mm-hmm. cred not that that really mattered to mm-hmm. you. But it's certainly nice to not have that resistance anymore. I'm sure. Yeah. No. And, there, and it really did never matter to me. Mm-hmm. I will say that. But it's also like a like a, a weight lift. I don't have to worry about certain things that I used right. to worry about. Right. Yeah. But it doesn't. Is it interesting? Like there are certain moments along a path where you finally kill that imposter syndrome, mm. right? Where you say to yourself, "I don't know if you've ever had this, but it's like, do I belong in this space?" And then you get some kind of significant stride or victory that says, "Yes, I do." Mm-hmm. Um, and people say imposter syndrome is an illusion. Like it's, you're not an imposter once you're not an, like, mm-hmm. you know, you, you, by doing it in and of itself, you're not, mm-hmm. but there are these moments like in my, you know, when I had a first song on a commercial, I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I can legitimately say mm-hmm. without lying to myself, I compose for TV. Mm-hmm. It's like, look what I, there's a song of mine there, this and that. And Michael made a movie mm-hmm. in the Ukraine, like, did it, put it all together and made a mm-hmm. movie, shot, organized everything. So until you actually turn those ideas and put them into actions and mm-hmm. something happens from it, you're not. It's hard to perceive yourself. Mm-hmm. It's hard not to agree with the people perceiving you as attempting something mm-hmm. versus being a thing. 100%. I remember 
I think a week after we sold, I had dinner with you, Michael. Mm-hmm. And Michael, the first thing he says to me, he says, doesn't it feel, isn't it weird that like a week ago, you were just this entrepreneur, like no one knew what you were doing. And now one day changes and now you're technically, people look up to you in some way. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it was like a week ago, you were still figuring it out. Yeah. Today, you have all the answers, yeah. but nothing has nothing changed. Nothing changed. Right. Like, How do you, what, what, and, and what yeah. was your reaction to that? I said, I think it's that's funny, but that's all perception. It's yes. like outside perception never really yeah. mattered to me. It really yeah. doesn't. I couldn't care less. I couldn't care less about the girl I went to a Shabbos lunch with who thought I was broke, right. you know, thought I wasn't going to make it. It didn't matter to me. Especially know? because it's more like that's what people are seeing this perception of what seemingly seems like a switch. Yeah. Oh, he won yeah. like a lottery, but you, it's, it's, it's almost, it's lost its, its sort of cachet, but in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, you, you've you been acquired by this big company, which looks to the outside world like mm-hmm. this massive event, which mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. To other people, it seems like, oh, he, like, you know, American mm-hmm. Idol got this dream mm-hmm. gig. But really, you work your way up mm-hmm. to it. And to you, it's in a healthy way, feels very normal and natural. Mm-hmm. Which, I feel proud of it. And mm-hmm. I, I get the most pride because I see my parents, how proud they yeah. are. Yeah. But to me, it's, it's not an overnight thing. People right. from the outside see like, oh, you just, oh, you just, you had a good, better idea this time. Right. No, it had nothing to do with the idea. It was all about working my ass off right. and, and learning from all the failures to make this one better. Do you remember what your response was? When I, when I said that to you, you're like, I don't know, man, I'm just going to go to work tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like, nothing's like, changed. I, here, nothing's... I just go to work every yeah. day. Yeah. It's like, what I, what I found is, and I, I've been thinking a lot about this, mm. is like, how do I get, when I started the business, making a million dollars a year was like the dream. Mm. A million dollars in sales to me seemed like impossible. That was like, I've never did it before, a million dollars. We hit a million. Then the next thing is like, oh, I want to hit 10 million. Wouldn't that be amazing? It feels like it's an impossibility, 10 million. Mm-hmm. But always in the back of my head, it's like $100 million. It's like, it's a year. It's, it's never going to happen. And then we hit 10 million, mm-hmm. right? And now last year we did 30 million plus mm-hmm. in sales, right? And this year we should do 60, right? We're growing in this way. And I'm thinking to myself, next year, <laughs> no, I'm saying like next year, Ran- we might. Ransom? <laughs> ransom situation? Jeremy, no. can you give us money? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm saying. No, ne- congrats. No, no, but I'm saying next year. I'm playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, but I'm yeah. saying. Say it with us. You, you know, we had a good year too. Every day? Is that how we, made, we made like a couple bucks. I mean, we made like $10. Yeah, we're, I, th- I think we're negative 300. <laughs> I gave Michael the mic. 10 bucks. It was cool. We got yeah. um, I had to borrow no, what 10. No, I'm saying is so yes. next year, it's a possibility that we could break $100 million for the year, right. which seven years ago seemed an impossibility. Impossible. And I was trying your, to put myself in... Your like, college self looking at you now would be like, yo, my God. Yeah. You'd be like, dude, relax. Yeah, and wh- I how, know how I got here. And, but it has happened. And right. it comes down to one simple thing. Consistency compounds. Right. I kept thinking to myself like, Every day, if you are working your ass off mm-hmm. and you're showing up, and you're not necessarily being the best every day, but you're you're showing up and you're doing such hard work and you're treating customers fairly or you're being creative or you're working well with the team, mm-hmm. every single day, it just builds and builds and builds upon itself. Mm-hmm. And you get to this place where it's, which was unimaginable. It wasn't even like the realm of possibility. But you look back and like, well, how would I get here? That's how we get here. Yeah. I make all these analogies to fitness because I'm not so into fitness, even though it's in your 30s, you mm-hmm. kind of have to be. Yep. But the idea is like, everyone looks at it and they see this jacked guy and they're like, mm-hmm. that's amazing. But I went to the gym once and nothing mm-hmm. happened. I don't get it. Mm-hmm. I, I did a workout. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, if you go to the gym one time, nothing will happen. Mm-hmm. But And if one day you become in amazing shape and your high school out of shape, mm-hmm. college out of shape self looked at you, you'd be like, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. But three years, mm-hmm. it took every day showing mm-hmm. up, applying that actual fitness. Mm-hmm. So I think with creativity, mm-hmm. with entrepreneurship, it's all about 
you know, an entrepreneurial fitness, a creative mm-hmm. fitness, which involves showing up every single day mm-hmm. and putting in the hours of unpleasant mm-hmm. experience, which mm-hmm. it is, it's and sweating and not liking it, yep. but ultimately having wanting to be in a certain place and arriving at a certain place where you are in shape, mm-hmm. and and that applies in business in whatever endeavor you're doing in any creative endeavor in any entrepreneurial endeavor. Mm-hmm. You want to be in shape, which it feels like, thank God you are now, but mm-hmm. it takes that consistency and continue. Because if you stop working out, mm-hmm. it stops. Like, you're not like, oh, I'm set now. I'm just going to sit with this body mm-hmm. on a, in a chair. It's like, no, you have to maintain it. Mm-hmm. And that is its own stress. Mm-hmm. Maybe talk about that. The, the stress of maintaining where you are and, and growing. Because like once you have things, mm-hmm. people think it's, there's this perception of, oh, once you make it, mm-hmm. it's smooth sailing. Mm-hmm. And that's not true either. So maybe you could talk about dispelling that myth of what it means to really be in a place that per- is perceived as approved. Made yeah, it. I honestly, um, I don't know the answer to that because right. it just happened so, right. so recently. So, But the stress, the whatever it is. Oh, the, st- the stress. I'm trying to I, – I, I still work just as hard as I worked mm-hmm. pre-deal. Right. So to me, it's like this is what I've been doing that's gotten me here. If I want to keep growing, I have to just work Just to same. provide some context for people listening – your company, you were growing it. Swag was acquired. Yep. By yes, yeah, Swag.com. We have about eighty-five people on the mm-hmm. team now. Yeah. Um, was acquired by a company called Custom Inc. Mm-hmm. Custom Inc. is the leader in our industry. They do north of five hundred million dollars a year in business, mm-hmm. over two thousand employees. So we are part of Custom Inc. But as its own entity. So we're still running a Swag.com. Our team is growing. But we're, it's we a sh- different league now. Playing in a different. It's league. It's a whole different league, and I'm with people who I've 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 looked up to. You know, right. when I started the business. Of course, everyone knows Custom Inc. in our industry. Like, I, of course, I know Marquette's CEO, the founder. Like, and now I'm in meetings with him. I talk to him on a daily basis. Right. So it's like a different thing. Sweet guy, really. <laughs> he really <laughs> He's is. He's a dear friend <laughs> of the pod. Yeah. He's a great guy. Yeah, it's amazing. But yeah, but I'm saying, like, you just you don't know where you're going to go. And that's it. Like, when you look, when you get there, you look back and being like, it was definitely hard, mm. but I see how I got there. But yeah. when you're looking in the photo, you don't know where you're ultimately going to go. So I think you just have to be Top consistent. Top of the hill, foot it. of the mountain kind of thing, yeah. too. It's like you don't know now this unexplored yeah. territory. Yeah, and I also realize that there's no necessary goal. Like, it doesn't have to be the end because we sold. Like, it's just like a mountain. Like, you get to, like, a, a place, and then you, you still could climb up. They're still right. higher. Right. You reach one plateau, you could climb a bigger mountain. So. Yeah. I have hopefully a lot of ideas of trying to get me to the next phase, mm-hmm. but not feeling pressure. Like I never felt pressure internally of like, am I going to be successful? Cause I didn't really care. I don't, what, do, I mean, how do you think about it? Like, I think I don't care about being successful. I care about enjoying what I do yeah. and I care about, you know, feeling like what I'm doing means something, but it didn't. Well, like, not successful as it projects externally, but yeah. internally successful yeah. as you define it, fulfilled yeah. and loving what you do and it working well, and yes. being able to sustain. And, it. Yeah. and I think that also comes with failure because when when we were 23, yes, for sure. I think we did care very much about being powerful, yes. successful, 100%. Mark Zuckerberg type figures. And mm-hmm. then I think the more you fail, the more you're like, I have to find a different fuel because yep. like because because that's not going to work for me. Yep. Like so, I have to I have to get uh, nourishment out of it just by doing it. Hundred percent. When I was younger, I'm trying to think of myself back with me and you. Like we thought we were going to be the biggest company. We thought this yeah. was going to be amazing, and and you had these high hopes. I think it's like it's glamorized. But if you're not enjoying the process, like on the music and like I'm doing a lot of comedy these mm-hmm. days too. So like those processes, um, there are people in that game of fame and and get mm-hmm. building an audience they want to get there they mm-hmm. think they'll be happy when they get there like i just i want that mm-hmm. i want i want that lifestyle mm-hmm. i want that audience i want that adoration mm-hmm. and for the for 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 myself and for people i meet who are like really professionals it's like no 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 they love doing the thing mm-hmm. they love creating the art writing the music mm-hmm. writing the jokes performing 
It's the process that mm-hmm. they want. And the fame or success is just a means to mm-hmm. fuel that process, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. You're not doing this as a means to mm-hmm. success. You're, you, you want the success to be your means so that you can keep doing it. Mm-hmm. 100%. I mean? So when, that's when I wake important. up in the morning, I'm not like, I don't think about like the bigger picture, like I made it. And mm-hmm. it never crossed my mind. I'm thinking, well, what's the next feature I should build? And mm-hmm. I get excited by talking to Steve and my designer yeah. and brainstorming ideas of what we could build together. That's what I enjoy. I enjoy that. And if it works, great. And usually it doesn't work, but you learn from it and you make it better. And then ultimately it does work, you know? So then, true. So true. I'm sorry you triggered my Gary Vee. And then the next company you build, not only you'll be starting with a, a, a list of investors mm-hmm. who want to throw money at you, mm-hmm. a ton of contacts, a ton of talent, mm-hmm. and like, and so you could just build companies more mm-hmm. and more. Not more easily, but more efficiently and quicker and smarter. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. You just do it at a higher level now. 100%, yeah. You also find that people who aren't in love with that process and everything involved in it, including the unpleasantries, that the time will shake them out because mm-hmm. they just, they're like, eh. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not that they didn't have what it takes to necessarily make it, but maybe their priorities were wrong. Mm-hmm. The way they perceived success was, I want to get there and I want all that quickly. They don't want to have the patience and mm-hmm. endurance to go through everything that it takes, those years and years and years of uncertainty, unpleasantness, but mm-hmm. consistency and mm-hmm. showing up for the hours. To get there, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. All right. What do you suck at? <laughs> <laughs> um, Intermittent fasting. I'm from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Two o'clock. Um, any other final closing thoughts, personal notes? Because we really covered a lot yeah, there. I think was, that was informative. This was fun. I mean, I. Uh, You're our very first guest. You know. Yeah. Thank, this you. Was, Thank you for having it me. Guys. Really fun to talk about it, and it's also. I mean, I think the the comparison between like what you're doing with entrepreneurship with what we're with what Ami's doing and what mm-hmm. we're, I'm doing is like is so clear mm-hmm. and simple mm-hmm. and like I don't know if I've ever heard any any like artist talk to a business person mm-hmm. this way so this is cool I hope people like it yeah I think the cross section is interesting and very uh it's informative for both I I, I, I'm just basically going to repeat what Michael said, but I want the time on the camera. <laughs> so there's nothing else to add. He's exactly right. No, I'll say one, um, th- one, one thing for yeah. me is I live in Florida now. Mm-hmm. And I was saying right before the pod that I legitimately listen to your podcast because it makes me feel like I'm home. So this is, feels like feels nice to see you guys and, oh, and reconnect. Oh, for sure. So you're, you're a, you watch every episode in full. I do. And where do you watch? You, I watch it in my apartment or when I'm walking on the beach with my listen. daughter. Which platform? I listen. Yeah, I listen. listen. Oh, listen. listen yeah. Like Spotify? Spotify. Wow. Yeah. So for us too, we talk about this process and in the very beginning, right? Michael <laughs> remember those first like this when we first started and we had like a powwow about how how yeah. this goes. And I think I said to Michael like, "Look, I do a lot of fun things, but everything I do that's seemingly fun, I do mm-hmm. I take very seriously." Mm-hmm. In other words, starting from the ground up, mm-hmm. a podcast and not try trying not to worry too much about mm-hmm. how many followers, how many views, mm-hmm. all those things. Even though you have to be aware mm-hmm. of it. And then trying to adapt to see what we could do better. But for us, a lot of it has just been our commitment is to do it. Mm-hmm. To episode after episode. And I think the first like 15 minutes of each podcast was just about how hard that was to yeah. do. <laughs> um, yeah. Any other feedback on our podcast? While no, I think, I think you guys are great. I think it's getting more and more natural as yeah. you guys go, for sure. Cool. More listening to each other, we've heard. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> you want to do a buckle up, baby? To set yeah, us you can make us happen. Yeah, for a stinger, yeah. buckle up, baby. <laughs> One, two, three, buckle, buckle up, baby. <laughs> Thank you so much to our good, dear friend Jeremy Parker as Thank our very me. first debut guest on the Buckle Up Podcast. Great talk.